You're listening to the Hindu Business Line's Field Notes podcast with T.R. Vivek. Hello dear listeners and welcome to another episode of Field Notes, the weekly podcast from the Hindu Business Line on all things agribusiness. As I promised you yesterday, this is the second part of this special podcast we're doing on India's big push for palm oil. Yesterday, I spoke to Dr. R.K. Mathur, the director of Indian Institute of Palm Oil Research. Dr. Mathur claimed that the effort to increase palm oil cultivation in India will not involve the cutting of even an inch of forest in the Northeast or anywhere else in the country. On this important issue, we'd like to bring you multiple perspectives. Today, I'm in conversation with Bhavna Prasad, who is the director of sustainable business at uh, Worldwide Fund for Nature or WWF in India. Bhavna has over 17 years of experience in diverse sectors ranging from banking to environmental consulting and NGOs. Hello Bhavna and welcome to Field Notes. Bhavna, let me begin by asking you about WWF's work in uh, bringing transparency to the oil palm trade around the world and in palm production. Just to give our viewers a sense of your locus standi in this, you know, and, and what your skin in the game is. Sure. So WWF has been working on palm oil or um, working or focusing on palm oil for the last couple of years, particularly linked to our work on deforestation linkages, because a lot of the agricultural production of some of these commodities, whether it's palm oil or soybean oil or soya, have had impacts where they've led to deforestation, whether it's uh, burning of forests or displacement of forest areas in order to bring palm oil plantations in those areas. And that's track record has been in Indonesia and Malaysia, which are the largest producers of palm oil, for example, or in Latin America, where there's been expansion of soybean oil. So we've been working on various commodities for the last several years, particularly in terms of their impact on um, natural habitat, fragile ecosystems, um, looking at addressing biodiversity impacts and also social impacts in many of these regions. Mm-hmm. Um, so our focus has primarily been on creating that awareness to get industry, government, um, NGO sectors to come together and establish a better mechanism of producing the same edible oils in a way which are more sustainable. And as part of that effort, uh, um, along with industry consortia and other stakeholders, we've been working to push uh, industry standards or voluntary standards uh, which uh, raised the bar in terms of sustainable production, for example. In Indonesia and Malaysia, we've been working on sustainable production through uh, standards such as uh, responsible RSPO, which is uh, 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 responsible, soy, uh, responsible production for sustainable palm oil. Um, it's basically a standard that's been around for 10 years. And as a result of those standards, some of the government standards have also emerged, whether it's in Indonesia or Malaysia. So... Um, as a result of some of that voluntary effort, um, some uh, governmental standards are also emerging, which are very positive mm-hmm. from our perspective. Uh, why was WWF roused into action in the first place with palm oil in Southeast Asia? Uh, give us a sense of the kind of destruction we are, we are looking at in those regions because of palm oil cultivation. So palm oil cultivation in some cases, in, in some of those areas, was leading to um, palm oil plantations were displacing uh, natural ecosystems or natural forests. And, and these regions have very high biodiversity uh, in, in them. There's endemic species which are not found anywhere else. And, and so um, with expansion of palm oil and unsustainable expansion of palm oil in certain areas, um, there was uh, destruction of biodiversity. 
and even labor or uh, human right impacts, so uh, social issues basically. So a combination of those factors led us to engage and uh, build a constructive um, dialogue where the, the idea was not to push back palm oil as such, because it's not a commodity that we are against as such. It's more about how it's produced and where it's produced, which is the issue. Um, there are better ways of producing palm oil, uh, which, is, which is what our focus has been, that let's do it in a way um, that it is sustainable, but at the same time, um, ensure that we are not destroying the last um, biodiversity uh, hotspots in the world today. Mm -hmm. Bana, in that light, uh, what do you make of India's palm oil mission that Envisage is bringing about 3 million hectares into palm cultivation over the next decade? Look, I think any country um, similar, like India ultimately is keen to have um, a self-sustaining production and, and to make sure that we are self-reliant and are not, uh, are not importing from other regions. Uh, we uh, Obviously, that is an important uh, um, sort of position and development for a country as such. But I think we really need to look at palm oil production in a way we are, we are in principle not against, as I said earlier, on the production of palm oil or the fact that India is pushing for greater palm oil production. I think it's important from a self-reliance perspective, but I think we also need to put uh, or balance that argument in a way that we really understand whether this uh, is going to be um, uh, on agricultural land. I don't think we have enough clarity as such at this point to say that where, where and how it is going to be produced. Mm -hmm. I, I think there is some indication that it's going into current regions, which is uh, like uh, Telangana, Andhra Pradesh, or it could go into, in, into the Northeast, or it could go into um, uh, Andaman Nicobar Islands as well. So mm -hmm. we don't know exactly where in those regions it will, will go into, and, and if it is going to impinge on biodiversity. I think the main concern that uh, some stakeholders have are that it should not impinge on India's biodiversity at the end of the day. It should not go into those areas in the first place. I mean, I think that's the uh, main concern. But um, and, and one of the other issues that I think we really need to be cognizant of is the production and the water footprint of uh, uh, palm oil as well. I'll come to that. Yes. Uh, before that, I, I wanted to ask you, the government till this point, it denies that there will be any displacement of forest under this program. It raises a few questions in my mind. A, does it wash with you, you know, as WWF that that this kind of ambitious plan and especially plans to cultivate it in the Northeast um, will not displace, will not have any impact on the, on the forest plan? So as of now, we do not have enough information to be able to say that, yes, it will not impinge. We would like to see to understand that a bit better and get more data and information from the government to say that what are the areas uh, that are being impacted or will be where expansion will happen. So I think that is something that we really are looking to understand a bit more. And it's difficult for us to say at this stage that whether it will impinge or it will not. Mm -hmm. uh, it's something that uh, we would definitely like more information. And, and, and I, I think the main thing that we are looking for is that it should not impinge. If there mm -hmm. is expansion, we need a little bit of more clarity and that it should not impinge. If that is the case, then obviously it's something positive. But um, if, if it is going to impinge, then um, though these are fragile ecosystems, which are uh, very, very critical from an India's capital uh, natural capital perspective. So mm -hmm. I think that's something that we really need to be cognizant of. 
you know in terms of expansion the, the government says that you know this is fundamentally a going to be a farmers crop in india you know this is not a uh, monoculture plantation crop like uh, in 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 southeast asia and therefore you need to look at this through a different lens you know this has a completely different context um if that is the case uh, then should we not worry at all i think it's difficult to tell whether this is going to be um exactly uh, i mean to be honest i mean i think let's just put things into perspective so the, so the way india as impact is on um on in terms of production of palm oil is going to be fairly different from what has been in indonesia and malaysia so the ag- agroclimatic conditions are very different the way the indian systems are there and even in our country the agroclimatic regions are very different so whether it's the northeast or it's the south i think those agroclimatic conditions are quite different in these regions as well so i think we really need to assess that in terms of how it would work but at this stage i'm not so sure if we understand entirely whether it will be homogeneous or intercropping or how it will be implemented i think we need a little bit more clarity it's very difficult to be able to tell uh, without enough clarity whether it would actually be mono with monocropping and it would be balanced in a way that is more sustainable in terms of production Yes. particularly in northeast um i'm not so sure how that would work so uh, mm-hmm. we, we we would like to know more about that of course you know uh, bhavna this also sounds like a leap into the unknown for india you know this is not a traditional crop in india there is marginal uh, farming of uh, of oil palm in india and uh, here we have very big plans you know of of bringing in uh, about 3 million hectares of land into palm uh, given the kind of risks do you think it it, it even sounds feasible and uh, i i'd also want you to touch on the other attendant risks of oil palm like uh, like its very large water footprint that you alluded to i i think i i wanted to also highlight um, you're right i mean i think we we really this is an area that um from an india standpoint there has been efforts um as part of the national mission for edible oils there has been efforts before as well mm-hmm. where there were commitments but i think that with this time with uh, 11000 crores being committed to that i think there there seems to be a greater push for sure this time um but i i would like to highlight that there were issues earlier where there was production that was uh 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 pushed earlier a couple of years back where uh because of the long gestation period farmers found it unsustainable and they actually pulled out some of their plantations a couple of years back mm-hmm. when when there was a previous push so the current push uh, without the right mechanism incentives i'm not so sure if it would necessarily work that's one aspect but i think the greater part is that we are uh, uh, importing almost 64% of our uh, edible oil in the country mm-hmm. of that almost 60% is palm oil so palm oil forms our largest uh imports as an edible oil mm-hmm. but even if we look at current production our current production is is less than 5% or it uh, i would say it's 3 to 4% of our current uh, usage so even if you double your consumption you would still not be able to meet the kind of consumption requirements you have and these consumption numbers are going to go up mm-hmm. so even with a doubling we would not be able to meet or be self reliant so i think the imports are can going to continue irrespective mm-hmm. uh, a small de- it would still not make a big dent in terms of our consumption so that's one point i wanted to make and the second well, point- but but maybe self reliance is a long term goal uh, in the short term any reduction in the import bill may help the government 
Right. Um, so there are two aspects to it. Palm oil is relatively the most uh, cost-effective edible oil in terms of imports today. And producing that in India will have its own uh, costs and benefits as well that we will have to assess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of water footprint, uh, palm oil is normally grown in tropical regions where there is a fair amount of water um, and equ- equatorial regions. So the water levels are fairly high and the agroclimatic conditions that are in those regions might not be that conducive from an India standpoint, that's one. And then the water footprint is fairly high. And uh, that is something that really needs to be kept in mind while um, assessing this particular commodity versus other commodities Mm -hmm. that are going to be produced in India. Can you give us any sense of how much of a water guzzler oil palm may be? I think it's difficult to tell because the numbers uh, vary depending on region to region. Even in Indonesia and uh, different islands, uh, the production level and the quantity and uh, amount of water used for different crops is different. And the same, I think, to be honest, will have to be assessed in India as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is probably not as much as paddy or uh, uh, sugarcane, but essentially it has a fairly high footprint compared to maybe some of the other crops which are less water um, intense. Mm-hmm. But the exact uh, numbers, I think we need to uh, pair that and do that analysis a bit more in order to be able to come up with the exact numbers. Uh, Bhavna, given the risks, do you think we'd be better off uh, looking at other more conventional uh, sources of, of edible oil in India, looking at groundnut or, or soy or our traditional oils like till and mustard? So I think at, at an aggregate level, I'm not where we, we as an organization, we are not really um, agri experts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that a mixed basket uh, would definitely add value. But it's difficult for us to tell whether if you look at all the because there's so many factors that go into uh, deciding whether you should go for one crop versus another because there's so many different factors. Um, but at this point, it's difficult for us to be able to say that, yes, no, you should choose one versus the other. But from an, purely from a production standpoint, as I said earlier, I think we really need to do that assessment before we really go to that level of investment for palm oil in India. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm sure that uh, we are importing other edible oils as well, whether it's uh, soybean oil or sunflower oil. We are already importing a fair amount of these edible oils as well. Mm-hmm. So some amount of production in India uh, would potentially make sense. Uh, but at the same time, uh, we really need to do that assessment before we go all out and make that commitment. Uh, would you be engaging with the government uh, now that the government has come out uh, with this ed- new edible oil policy? Um, how, do, how does it work? Does, does WWF actively seek engagement with governments on, on an issue like this? We would certainly would like to work constructively with the government. I mean, I think the government is um, in general receptive. Uh, to any new ideas or solutions. So we would be happy to engage and have conversations. Um, and and uh, we've done that before on other issues. And I and that doesn't stop us from uh, having a conversation more constructively to find solutions because uh, it's in everybody's best interest to uh, do it in a way that is sustainable for India. Right. Bhavna, thank you very much for joining us on this uh, very important issue. And I hope we'll have uh, more opportunity to talk about this in detail.